The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Hey, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Steven Brown. And we are two days away from Spider-Man Far From Home, and we are knocking our brains against the wall to think, what else are we going to talk about yeah. besides waiting for Spider-Man Far From Home? Yeah, well, it's... Uh, 91 on Rotten Tomatoes so far. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, my brother was... I, was talking, I saw him yesterday, and uh, he's like, you know, we always go usually see the Marvel movies. We meet halfway somewhere between me and him uh, in Chicago to go see it. And um, he's like, when is that coming out? I'm like, it comes out this week. He's like, oh, you want to go see it like Thursday, Friday? I'm like, no, no, it comes out like Tuesday. He's yeah. like, what? It's on a Tuesday. Because of the 4th of July. But 4th of July is on a Thursday. Right. So it's like if there the- are midnight shows on Monday. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. it's We just keep backing them up and back. I think I'm going to have to see it Tuesday because... Then the rest of the week is just going to get eaten up by the holiday. And yeah, well, it's a stuff. weird too because it's like the holidays on Thursday, so like we're at the office and we're like, do we come in on Friday? Or do we I work have to from come home? in on Friday. So, uh, long story short, I bought a ticket to go see it first thing Thursday morning on the Fourth of July. <laughs> Where are you going <laughs> to see it? Um, I keep going up to this. Um, uh, it's not an AMC. I think it's like Century Theater. Okay, it's like a brand, and it's in Evanston. So they've got really nice theaters. They're huge and. Um, I bought one of those. Um, well, I didn't buy it. It's like I signed up. You just, if you buy it, you get points or something. And then mm-hmm. at some point, I get a free movie. So I go see all the big Marvel movies as soon as I can. That's yeah. like a conceivable time. Well, oh, but I tried to go to a premiere. Did I tell you this? Yeah. Maybe? No. No. Uh, so last Wednesday, uh, my uh, my friend Lydia, she's a very big Facebook per- person. Is she a tattooed lady? Uh, nope. I don't, no. not so far as I know. And Groucho Marx did not write a song about her. Oh. How um, disappointing. Yeah, sorry. She, so she's very active on Facebook and she had texted me. She's like, hey, go on Facebook right now. There's this thing you sign up and you can get a ticket, a free ticket to go see Spider-Man, um, at a premiere at the River East Theater. That's oh, right okay. there, that big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And it was Wednesday night at like 730, but... Since it's a free showing, they give out more tickets than there are seats available. So it's like you kind of got to line up. Line up yeah. And by the time I got there at like 6.20, 6.30, something like this, the line was like crazy. And I'm like, I'm not waiting in a line for things. For a movie, I have a ticket for in a we week. We did that with Justice League. We saw Justice League like a week early yeah. in IMAX. It was fan dads. You guys went, uh, you and Owen went, I went right? with Owen, who's been and on the during show. During yeah. C2E2. Yeah, we saw it in Navy Pier. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was like, all right, let's get this over with. Right, yeah. Yeah. I still have mixed feelings about Justice League. I don't hate it. I I want to rewatch it, but I have a f- strong suspicion I don't. I won't get through it. Like I've seen parts yeah. of Aquaman since uh, Aquaman came out, and it's mm-hmm. like I really just want to watch the fight where they run around that like 
uh, city in Greece or whatever. Yeah, I sh- we showed it to uh, Renee and Sebastian didn't go with us. Yeah, um, Ben came with us and you. Uh, yeah, and we showed it to them, and that was the second time I watched it. But I am wondering, with Justice League, like post Wonder Woman and post Aquaman, yeah, if like I'll like those characters more this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, and I will. And I'm getting in. I'm kind of getting into more of a Batman mood again after right. being like a year and a half all Spider Man. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that you have about a week window before that swings back the other way, I do, John. Because I, I guarantee, as soon as Homecoming comes out, you're gonna who bat who? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm trying to get my comic collection down to be binary. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. Spider Man on Batman. this wall, Batman on this wall. The only thing standing between that is 50 years of the Fantastic Four, right? Which I'm like, eh, I got those in omnibuses. Yeah. The good stuff is all, all in omnibuses. Stuff. Some of the bad stuff's in omnibuses. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of want to go back to that. But, but you're right. Far From Home, I cannot wait. It's going to be... Yeah, so it's got really good reviews. Really great. It's got Mysterio in it. I named my, ba- I, I named my yeah. band Mysterio. I played in a band called Mysterio for six years. I got to say, I'm very excited for the possibility, uh, their very uh, hope, or whatever you want to call it, that... Marvel's long plan with Spider-Man is let's do the original Sinister Six for Spider-Man 3 or 4, whatever it's going to be. Because it's like, they started with Vulture, they went to Mysterio, put Sandman down the line a couple years because we already had a Sandman. You got Scorpion in it a little bit, you got Shocker in it a little bit. Maybe. This one is like Molten Man, Sandman, and Hydro Man in it, kind, kind of. of. The Tinkerer was in it, kind well, of. I'm just kind of wondering, because they do a really good job of this. We've talked about this before, is that Marvel's trailer game is pretty strong. Yeah. In the sense where they lie to us in the trailers, we don't know to to the to the extent what the costume the character is wearing. We don't know what suit they're wearing, right? Because in Endgame, they lied about what uniforms they're wearing and what scenes, right? I mean, so, Target put out a two pack of them in the time travel outfits. The design was wrong, right? And they wore that for two seconds, right? Like, and it was cool. I thought I wasn't gonna like it, but it's like a cool scene to kind of see them all looking. They're going. It's like the right stuff, yeah. you know, like they're going into space. Or whatever, it yep. looks really neat. I mean, we didn't know anything about Fat Thor, and now yeah. Fat Thor is a meme all over the place, so it's not even a spoiler. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm most curious about. Is I know the movie's going to be good. They know what they're doing. They they cracked the formula. It's like these movies are uh, at least on the first viewing, they're certainly enjoyable. Even like some of the clunkers were still pretty enjoyable in the theater. But um, the worst movie Marvel's ever made is watchable. Yeah, I agree. And I rewatch that most movie is of, Thor: Dark World. Uh, Iron Man three, but okay, agree to disagree. No, Thor: Dark World is worse than mm, Iron Man three. Disagree. I uh, no, yeah, definitely disagree. I recently I think watched Iron Man, Iron Man two is worse than Iron. No, Man No, 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 no. Iron Man two is uh, the I, second best Iron Man movie. <laughs> no, they get progressively worse. We won't see eye to eye in this. I recently just watched all the Iron Man movies, okay. and and you so, still agree? And with I yourself? still, I've uh, recently reaffirmed that Iron Man two is great. <laughs> Iron Man two is War Machine, and that's it. Uh, Justin Hammer is a treasure. Scarlett uh, Johansson is Black Widow's great in it. No, I think it's the weakest she is. Because you know what? You get her seven more times. But she get, no, I don't disagree. But it, they introduce her. She's good in it. Uh, and it's like, it gets you pumped. Just that scene with him in War Machine fighting all those robots at the end. I remember sitting in theaters and being like, oh my God, wait until there's seven Avengers running around. And then you there know? were. And then there were. There were like 40 Avengers. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's what... Uh, what what's coming up? What what's kind of like the where what's the curveball? Because we don't know anything post 
Spider-Man Far From Home. No, we're all assuming that's San Diego, which is going to be a couple of weeks from now. Yes. Um, we're, um, End of summer, I think. Well, they just reported that oh. a lot of the studios aren't going to be there this year. Warner Brothers is not there. Universal's not there. Yeah. I think Sony's I think not there. I think because Marvel's going to come and drop a fucking microphone. <laughs> yeah, like, Disney, Disney is there. Yeah, but they're like, kind of own it. Everybody's staying away. Well, Warner Brothers surprises me because... Well, they don't have a plan. That's what it is. Yeah, they because, don't have... Because DC is like, they're staying in the game. You know, Wonder Woman was a hit. Aquaman was a hit. Right. Shazam Both was really sequels. good and did pretty Shazam's well. Shazam's getting another movie. They've been kind of on the comeback trail. I'm not going to say they're hitting it out of the park. No, but they got a long road to go, I think. They just announced Robert Pattinson as Batman. So it's like, they right. kind of got to talk to us about that. Right, but it's also like... um what are they doing? Is Robert Pattinson's going to be Batman, but it's going to be he's a separate Batman than the Batman that was in the Just League teaming with Wonder Woman Aquaman. But then this Wonder Woman movie they're saying isn't in the same continuity as the last Wonder Woman Well, we're Woman also movie. getting a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Totally. He's not Jared Leto. Yeah, and it's it's, it's just it, it's just like uh, look, it's a mess. The movie, I don't think it's a mess so much as they're doing what DC does well, which I think works to their credit. What Marvel does well is... Everything connects. Everything's one universe. We're all going together. Yeah. What DC does well is Elseworlds. Right. Was like, okay, you know what? Grant Morrison is going to do- There's a hundred different versions of Batman. Yeah. Grant Morrison is going to do a crazy version of Batman, and then he's gone. And yeah. now uh, Scott Snyder's going to do a totally different version of Batman, and he's gone. Now Tom King's going to do it. And you know what? Tom King doesn't have to talk about what Grant Morrison did at all. Right. He just has to do his own thing and make it be good. And I think that's what DC's starting to do. Of like, we just- of like we should concentrate on making good movies, not concentrate on making a whole continuity huge world. Continuity's hard. I, I won't continuity to, is it's hard. very hard to do, and it's uh, the MCU. There's continuity issues when they did Ultimates. Oh the yeah, continuity there's, there's was holes. messed up within two years. It's very difficult. Well, and to and do. the movies, there's continuity issues. Yeah, I that's mean, what they I'm had saying. to retcon the Infinity Gauntlet being in Thor several times. Homecoming the, said it was eight years later, which broke everything. Right. Well, that's actually what I'm interested in is the. MCU timeline jumped five years in the future. Mm -hmm. So when does Spider-Man... It, it's like it's going to have to take place in like 2024. Well, it takes place after Endgame. Right, which is in 2024 because it's right. five years later. Right. Then they have to deal with all this like half the population disappeared and lost five years of their lives. Yeah. People, you know, it's well, just really weird. Well, he said everyone in Peter's class got, uh, yeah. got dusted because none, <laughs> and of them, May. none of them are five years older. Yeah, yes. it's going to be weird. So they've got a lot of... Um, there, it's just like the, this is the first movie where the dust is cleared from Endgame. Right. So we have to kind of reestablish where the universe stands. And uh, some of the reviews I read so far said it serves as an epilogue to Endgame. It yeah. kicks off I think the next. There's going to be a lot of uh, uh, how the world reacted to the Avengers mm -hmm. because it's before. Well, it was we like, saw in the trailer. We saw in the trailers that it's a lot of it. Tony Stark is, is, like is like dealing with Peter celebrating with, with the loss of Tony Stark. Right. Yeah, which is cool. Oh, so that's the other thing we got this week, or maybe it was last week, is set photos from Black Widow. Black Widow's officially in production. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah. Some set photos have leaked. It's being filmed in Budapest. So a lot of what we talked about like many months ago was this is like a prequel. There's Ooh, been a lot of mention gonna, of Budapest. They're going to fill in the Budapest thing. Right. Kinda, so, which means Jeremy Renner's got to be a part of it, right? Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to have a big part. I think he's going to have a very small role, maybe in like the third act or something. But it looks like... Um, and spoilers, maybe this is conjecture, but there's a masked character like in a tank driving around in the streets that could potentially be Taskmaster. Yes, I did see rumors that Taskmaster is the villain, which yeah. means which means you're happy for right now. 
yeah, because uh, he'll never look as good as uh, he does when George Perez draws him in that crazy pirate costume. <laughs> He's probably going to look like they do modern Taskmaster, who's like uh, got like a hood on and like a, a, a Casey Jones mask, <laughs> you know, and no cape. But um, I'll be interested to it. But that's what we know. The The only thing we know post Spider-Man is that a Black Widow movie. We know there's other movies, Black Panther, uh, you know, Doctor Strange 2, probably another Avengers at some point, another Spider-Man at some point. But Black Widow is probably the next movie coming out next year. And uh, uh, we, we, you know, we're starting to see leaks of what that's going to look right. like. And also uh, it came out that Selma Hayek is in Eternals. Oh, oh, yeah. So that's Eternals is moving start. forward. Yeah. yeah. And some of Hayek's always good, and she looks incredible. Yeah, she's great. She's not going to stop looking incredible. It's been like 20 probably. years of Selma Hayek looking yeah, incredible. probably never. Ben and I were re-watching 30 Rock, and you know she's oh, on yeah. 30 Rock for like a season. She, and she she's great in amazing. it. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. So I don't even know what part she's going to play. I mean, I've read Eternals once, and I can't even tell you half of those characters. So wait a minute. Eternals, Eternals mm. is the twice-baked potato of, the, of Jack Kirby's New Gods. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> He's it's, like, I'm going to do it again at Marvel, but yeah. nobody's going to stick. Like, like out of the fourth world, and I love the fourth world, but we got to be honest. The only thing that stuck was Darkseid. Yeah. I, I mean, mean Mr. Like, Miracle is a character that's kind of known mostly because he was in Justice League International, which uh, Keith Giffen and Jim DeMattis did. But his book isn't known that much. That's one of the reasons Tom King got to go crazy and win the Eisner on right. Mr. Miracle is there was a lot of un. They're, they're, yeah, there's a lot of fertile soil. I'm not soil. trying to be, it's not a dig. They're D-list characters. Yeah. They're D-list. Eternals is below or, that. Um, Darkseid wasn't an A-list character until like they started using him as a Superman villain years mm -hmm. later. So it took him decades Yeah, well, first they around. used him in Legion of Superheroes. It was Paul Levitz. That was the big who one. Who became, um, he became the president of DC. He was writing Legion of Superheroes, used Darkseid, and was the first time anybody had used any of the fourth world in with- the main- with the main, although... Yeah, you could argue that Legion superheroes set in the 31st century isn't exactly main continuity. Right, you could also argue against that because one of the books in the fourth world was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, so but Superman it, was already kind right, of there. Tangentially attached. Yeah, but uh, in my memory, it was really... Uh, Darkseid fought Justice League like once or twice in the late 70s. Um, the big thing for me, and this might just be hitting me personally, was uh, right after Crisis... They did a miniseries called Legends, which I just love. John Astringer wrote it and John Byrne drew it. Yeah. And Darkseid, Darkseid was trying to keep superheroes from happening. So he was like, he had uh, Glorious Godfrey, like, oh, yeah. turning, turning people against superheroes. They pulled a lot of this for Justice League uh, Unlimited, used a lot yes. of this material. And, well, the end of that series was the Justice League International forming. And it's it's really beautifully drawn. It's still Byrne at his peak. Yeah. Like, he's just starting to do Man of Steel and Superman. And he, and he does this team that ends up not even being the team of Justice League International. Because like, it's like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Shazam, Dr. Fate, and Guy Gardner, Flash, and Blue Beetle. Yeah. Uh, but Which is a cool team. It's a cool team. And yeah. by the time that book launches, Shazam's not in it. Superman and Wonder Woman aren't in it. Uh, Martian Manhunter's in Legends as well. Martian Manhunter was like the center of the team then. Um, and then they bring in Mr. Miracle and they, uh, then eventually they bring in Booster Gold and Fire and Ice. And yeah. It's one of the it's, best runs ever. There's an actually, omnibus of the first half. Yeah, I have it. I, and I, I can't wait say... for this omnibus of the second half, but 
it came out because the Justice League movie was. I like out. Grant Morrison's J- JLA is pretty mm-hmm. great because I was you know monthly reading that when it was coming out. So yeah, that's always gonna hold a special place. But Justice League Unlimited actually might be my favorite Justice League. Justice League Unlimited is it's absolutely just, my favorite. Yeah, it's just Grant like, Morrison's a second. Yeah, it's a very close second because yeah. it's and it's the big seven. But it's like that Justice League Unlimited our uh, international stuff is. Um, it's just like they don't do team books like they did team books back then, where it's like there's not a lot of, um, you know, ju- that's why it's like I can't get into Just League and it's like Avengers does this very little with like J- Jason. Yeah, Aaron's but you're like a trying- huge Avengers guy, so right, you got to be honest be- because it's a uh uh the 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 team dynamic and the team dynamic of Just League International is it's like perfect well it's, it's like they front and center it. and kevin, yeah. well, especially when kevin mcguire is oh, drawing it's, it it's like it's brilliant yeah it's it's oh, it's a beautiful great. book and my favorite teams have always been team books that don't share characters because the problem with team books like justice league and avengers is you can't do anything major with the characters that have their own book right like you can't kill captain america in an issue of avengers right well you can't because captain america is coming out in co-weeks so like my favorite teams were always fantastic for an x-men because totally. for the most part, those characters yeah. don't live anywhere else. And I was probably my biggest X-Men fan before Wolverine had his own book. Yeah. So Wolverine only lived in X-Men. Right. And I, that's my... So uh, you could... I, I like Wolverine when he only lives with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. There's very little Wolverine outside of the X-Men that I enjoy. There's some Wolverine solo stories I really enjoy, but I don't need him monthly. Yeah, like, certainly. Like if, if certain books, like the Frank Miller Limited series was incredible, but like if any media... Ex- Enemy of the State was a miniseries. Oh, yeah. It would make me happier than it was one year of the Wolverine. Yeah. Book. Yeah. And like Old Man Logan, great. And same yeah, thing. It, it, it should have been a miniseries and should have been a miniseries. Six random issues of Wolverine. Right. Uh, what made it Marvel. worse was they took Old Man Logan and then time traveled him uh, so they could have an Old Man Logan running around, which nobody wanted. Well, then they did Old Man Hawkeye. They did Old, they're doing Old Man Quill right now. Yeah. It's like they love this like concept of like basically Frank Millering every. Uh, big hero is it's, like what do they look like in 30 years when they're old it's like what it's the reverse of Muppet Babies yeah it is the reverse <laughs> it's Muppet, the Babies, bizarro Muppet yeah. Babies it's like no one's just being honest about these books it's like old Hawkeye is just he's in a retirement home he's just an <laughs> old man he's blind and deaf <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Homecoming, looking forward to it. Should be it's good. Far from home. Or far from home, whatever it's Homecoming called. you can watch every day. And, yeah, uh, that's true. S- sometimes I do. I Yeah, well, I'm actually, and I, that's why I'm going way, way, way back, is like, uh, we're getting, uh, uh, I'm very excited for Mysterio. <laughs> like, so am I. I love this idiot, and I really yep. do hope. It looks like they did him really well. I think they did. It, visually, he looks perfect. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very interested to see how they're going to handle uh, Mysterio's bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. he's a bullshit character. He's just an asshole. And I love. And I just really hope that the third act of that movie, it's just like he just pulls the rug out from everyone. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, there, there could be a villain behind him that that right. they never mentioned. If, if any, Endgame... and that's a secret, right? It's yep. like what aren't they showing us in the trailers anymore? That right. they're there, very good at keeping. There's secrets. rumors that Chameleon's in it. Oh, really? Yeah, that like a character in this is actually Chameleon, but I don't know. I mean, those could be fan rumors. Yeah. Which are um, and I don't want to know much going in. Yeah. yeah well, so I, that's the other thing. So, um, they're Marvel in a bid to try to make Avengers the biggest movie of all time <laughs> is re-releasing it in theaters with three new uh, things attached <laughs> yes. to it. And the first thing is an introduction from one of the directors. I don't know which one, which is yeah, largely one of the Russos, pointless. Yeah. 
Uh, then there's a deleted scene in it where, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, I read about it. Do you want to hear about this? They show it after, yeah. It's a Hulk scene. A Hulk scene, yeah. yeah, where it's like... But it's not cut into the movie. Right. It's like, it is very much like a what DVD thing. Yeah. And then they show, like, the first scene in Spider-Man. Right. And uh, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see it again because, you know, I haven't seen it enough. But... Uh, Spider-Man's coming out like in a couple days, Two days yeah. so I can wait and right. I don't want to go see uh, Endgame watch f- four minutes or five minutes of Spider-Man and then watch those same minutes two days later yeah. <laughs> it just would be insane so I'm just gonna wait <clears throat> yeah I'm gonna wait too it, it, um, when I heard that deleted scene was outside of the movie I'm like well then you're gonna include it on, on a DVD, the DVD or, or the di- digital iTunes or yeah whatever. yeah on iTunes yeah. so I'm like I can I can wait to see a two minute. And it's Hulk not. Scene. They say I heard it's not finished. I heard it's like they. Didn't, it has like rough effects. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's they. But it's, it's a blocking. Fu- but it's a Hulk fight scene. Right. Like originally you were gonna see the Hulk fight and then he was gonna go to the diner with them. Yeah. And then they realized you know what it's much funnier if you just cut to him in a diner. And it 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 absolutely was because I think it's like Hulk fighting and then he talks so you don't even realize he's smart Hulk. Yeah. Which is a cool way to do it, but the reveal in uh, Endgame is just it's. It's it's great. How is it delight? Because we didn't know. We didn't know we were going to get smart. We didn't know we were going to get smart. And that's the kind of stuff. There's a. It's the one thing that was missing for like a couple years here. With they kind of fucked up with movie trailers for a long time, where they were just kind of showing everything in the movie. Mm -hmm. And it seems like now, particularly with the Marvel movies, and I don't know because I don't see a lot of other movies at this point because there's so many fucking Marvel movies coming (laughs) out. Is that I haven't seen Toy Story four yet? Right, and I don't know that I I didn't see Toy Story three in theaters, so I don't know that I'll see Toy Story. I have two boys under the age of. 13, I have seen Toy Story 1 and 2 in the last 48 hours, and yeah. I haven't gotten to <laughs> right. Toy Story 4 because there's too many fucking Marvel yeah. movies. And, I and think, Toy Story 4 has a 98 on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Yeah, it's just like, they they really, they're never going to not make those movies as long as they keep being As long as Tom group. Hanks and Tim Allen yeah. are alive. <laughs> right, yeah. Or maybe after, depending on where we end up with technology. Well, you know, Tom Hanks' brother does the voice of Woody for toys. Oh, does he? Because the money's not good enough to get Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's got to suck to be Tom Hanks' brother. I kind of got it sucking. It's got to be kind of cool. That's like Pete Townsend's brother in The Who. Like, looks oh. just like Pete Townsend. Yeah. And sometimes they take him out on tour. Yeah. And it's like, as long as you can do the Tom Hanks yell. Right. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> it's like. You'll have work. <laughs> I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Imagine it might be good. Like, you know, no, well, like my cousin Walker. Well, you don't have any other brothers. No, so but, but I, have, I grew up with brothers, so I, there's like a lot of competition and baked into our relationship. But I have cousins, and if somebody was going to give me $50,000 to do an impression of Walker, yeah. I'd do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, it's very hard to get around Marvel movies. I mean, Shazam comes out on iTunes the same day as Spider Man comes out in theaters. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I guess Shazam's going to have to wait. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much of a desire I have to see that again. It's not bad. It's just like, I don't care too much about Jazam. It wasn't phenomenal. And it's like, there's too many other movies to see. I want to show it to my kids because they didn't. Yeah, I think if they didn't see, there's the big one. They didn't come with me because uh, they didn't think it was going to be very good. And then I came home. They've been burned. They've been burned by DC. They know. I came home going like, it was actually really good. And now they're like, oh, we want to see it. So I want to put it on in the living room and watch it. But there's no guarantee that I'm not going to get up and make people dinner while it's on. Right. Yeah. And it's a movie you could walk away from for a bit and come back. Yeah, you come back and he's like, oh, yeah, he's catching a bus right now. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, oh, in other Spider-Man news going on. um, Oh, yeah. J.J. Abrams is writing a Spider-Man series. With his kid. With his kid, yeah, which... Um, I don't know how old is his kid, because his kid could be in his 20s for I, I think he's. I think his he's kid like is grown. grown. 
uh, yeah, J.J. Abrams and his son, Henry Abrams, are writing a five-issue limited series that's going to be drawn by Sarah Pacelli, yeah, who fan. drew a lot of Miles Morales and drew um, the beginning of the Bendis Iron Man. Yes. So I like I like her, and I'm sh- this is just obviously an event to tie into Far From Home. Yeah, I... You know, uh, it's a big, <laughs> high-profile miniseries. We are in the middle of a lot of high-profile miniseries right now. There's a Peter David symbiote Spider-Man series. With Mysterio as the villain. With Mysterio to tie in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, I'm enjoying. There's also Spider-Man Life Story, which Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley yeah, are doing. It's, uh, I'm reading it. It's interesting. It's interesting. It would be a lot better if it was uh, many more issues than... Um, it is. I think it's gonna be like four issues, and it should really be like twelve. I think really, it would, I think I'd like it more if it breathes. See, a it's six issues. I actually like that it's one issue for a decade because I just, I just kind of want to see a snapshot of, oh, this is where he would be now if he was fifty. Yeah. Now we're out of here. I don't want two issues of him being forty, and then two issues of him oh, being fifty. See, I think there's too much to. Uh, it's too much of a to cram a decade into 22 pages mm. this it, it's just like everything just feels like lightning pace i, I do kind of like these alternate versions of characters so yeah. i want to live in this world where see i think i'm not you know, interested enough to spend more time in it than i am i'm like yeah i'm like oh good idea get it's it. like you get it and you want to move and on. if you don't know the premise we haven't oh, talked yeah, about it before terrible. is the idea is that chip sadarsky who was writing peter parker spectacular spider-man and mark bagley who is probably the greatest living legend of spider-man Ever considering he drew Amazing Spider-Man in the nineties, <laughs> John Romita Jr. John Romita yeah. Jr. Yeah, you're right. Just um, by birth, he wins. But Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, Mark Bagley's up there. I, I'm easier number two. I'll give you. Okay, Mark Bagley and John Romita Jr.—they've definitely beaten the Todd McFarlands and the Eric Larsons of the world. Yeah, um, because those guys came in. They had one big run and left. Bagley and John Romita Jr. Yeah, they both came in. Romita Jr. came in in the 80s, came back in the 2000s. Bagley came in in the 90s, came back in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, but you're right. They're both got – Romita's been at DC for a while, so we're not going to get any Romita Spider-Man for a bit. Yeah. And, and John Romita Sr. is basically retired. Right. Um, and I say this having a John Romita Jr. and a John Romita Sr. pick hand-drawn yeah, image Bagley on my wall. Office. I do not. I've never met Mark mm. Bagley. But the uh, the idea of this premise is what if – it's like the Dark Knight Returns in that what if Spider-Man aged in real time? So what if he got his powers in 1963, yeah. which means... He was born in the 50s. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So no, the, earlier. So he then was the, born in like 1949. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so then the idea, instead of keeping Peter young, keep, keeping him in this uh, realm between 16 and 28, depending on who's writing it, Right. Uh, we're just going to follow it up. So he's in his 20s in the... 70s he's in his 30s in the 80s he's in his 40s in the 90s and and what's really interesting is they touch on the major stories of that era yeah but filtered through his age so in the 70s it's about the clone saga and in the 80s secret wars secret yeah there's secret wars and a little bit of craven's last hunt in there i think yeah in the 90s they're doing um venom yeah yeah and it's interesting it's like this what i was talking about is like it's a really great concept that uh, I 
Uh, it has nowhere to go, though. I mean, no, it really doesn't. I mean, but it's, Peter's going to age out by the end of the series. Totally. And that's it. But I think it's interesting to kind of see because it's also them reflecting to what's going on in the world at the time. So there's a lot of Vietnam right. in the late uh, when the 60s issue they're talking about. It, and then obviously in the 70s, they're kind of dealing with like post Vietnam. Yeah, Watergate. Watergate and stuff. So it's like I like that. And then you also kind of see these little snippets of like what the rest of the Marvel Universe looks yes. like. And it's um, pretty different. There's like, oh, yeah, there was like an, basically an arms race between Reed Richards and Tony Stark. Yeah. That changes technology for everybody. And then like, uh, yeah. So and it, like, it's interesting. And like Reed and Sue got divorced at some point. And it's just these little glimpses. Yeah. Which, again, I like. I like that we're going fast. I don't want to dwell. I don't, I, I don't want this alternate reality like an ultimate universe. Yeah. I just kind of want to be like, I just kind of want to get your idea of what you think it is. And get out. And get out. Yeah. I mean, there's so much Spider-Man right now. I'm reading more Spider-Man than I'm reading Batman. Yeah, it's a lot. And that's all I read. It's well, Spider-Man and Batman. monthly, they're cramming out two times a month, and that's not yeah, really good. so is Batman. Yeah. I mean, there's two Batmans really and Detectives a month. So, in the middle of all this, J.J. Abrams is writing a series, and there's... There seems to be like backlash to it, and I don't, I don't know why. I think maybe, maybe there's too much Spider-Man going on. No, I heard the or... backlash. From my understanding, I could be wrong, but my understanding is that a lot of the main writers at Marvel are upset that Marvel's bringing in like a screenwriter person and his kid to write Spider-Man when that's kind of like, uh, you know, people are like, well, that's you know, you're pissing in my soup type situation. But yeah, it's but they've like, always done that. Yeah, I think it's like. Uh, uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's a corporate gig. <laughs> you know, it's like Marvel's a corporation. They're going to hire whoever they think is like best for the gig. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, hey, it happens. Hey, do you remember when Joss Whedon wrote the X-Men for four years? Yeah, no one seemed <laughs> to care about that. You know? Yeah. It was like, uh, it's just, it's just, it's This weird. is five issues. Right. Who cares? You know? Well, I remember the Nauf's wrote Iron Man. They didn't do a great job with who? it. Who? Uh, Charles and David Nauf, I think. But uh, David Nauf ran Carnival on HBO and then started oh, writing right. Iron Man with his son. And then uh, Fraction started writing the other Iron Man. And that was the end of that. Yeah. Run. Like J. Michael but, Straczynski came in and did uh, years yes, on Spider-Man. Yes, J. Michael Straczynski created Babylon four. 5. Yeah. And now he's known as one of the best Spider-Man writers. It happens all the time. So I right, don't know. Damon Lindelof People wrote some stuff. People just calm the fuck down. Yeah, Brandon Braga wrote an Iron Man miniseries. Um, Brandon Braga, who wrote Star Trek for like 20 yeah. years. It happens all, all the, time. the time. It's five issues. I think it's because it's J.J. Abrams and he's like the high profile guy. Like Joss Whedon hadn't directed Avengers yet. You know what no, I mean? No, but was he Buffy. had created Buffy. Right. But I'm saying it's more of like, yeah, I think it's the high profiles, like the J. guy J. that's doing, directing well, John Star Favre, Wars. John Favreau was writing an Iron Man series with Addy Granoff. It never, fi- it never got finished. Oh, really? Yeah, but when that. after the first Iron Man movie, they were doing like yeah. a five-issue miniseries. They did three issues, and that was it. Mm. Which, that's a good idea for a topic. Just all of these unfinished stories that just float out there. Uh, Daredevil, Bullseye, The Target. Yeah. Um, All-Star Batman. Never oh finished. yeah, they yeah. Never Frank finished. Miller, Frank Miller, and Jim Lee yeah. never finished. That's it. crazy. I forgot. It was like all about there was that. some Kevin Smith stuff too. Like there well, was Kevin like, Smith, Daredevil, the, the Daredevil, Daredevil father with Casada. That did wrap up. Finally. Did it? Yeah. Uh, but that Target, the Black was, Cat um, one with the um, Black Cat one took forever. Evil that men do. Yeah, yeah. it was years between issues. Yeah, and it's always when they hire a guy who's not a comic guy, right? Because they're like, oh, I'm busy launching a series. All this other stuff, and that's it's a first. And it pays better. You know what I mean? It's like they're not they're making peanuts for. Joss Whedon Comic once work. said when he was writing X-Men, um, and this was at the point where uh, he was launching Dollhouse, 
which yeah. was not that successful. It only ran two seasons, but he was still doing TV series. And he says, yeah, he goes, I get my checks. I show my checks from Marvel to my wife and she laughs and laughs and laughs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always been a decent middle-class income at its height. At best. You know, yeah. when, when I was doing it in the nineties and we were all kids starting out, not, we were barely making rent. Yeah. You know, and some of those guys have gone on to do pretty well, but yeah, I think it's the only like, money in comics is if you create something, yeah, which is why the image guys quit. There's a very small percentage. It, it, it honestly might be like 5% or 1% of comic book artists. I don't know about the writers, but I think as far as the artists that are probably making really decent money, the image guys are obviously the exception because they all made buttloads of money on just insane nonsense. But like, Guys like Alex Ross, it's like you think is like, this guy's probably making pretty decent money. He's just doing covers. Maybe he lives out here in the Chicago suburbs. Right. We've met him several times. He's a great guy. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. Is but like, yeah, he's not He's not in, a, in no, an L.A. mansion. No, where these guys, they're yeah. never, you're never going to get rich making comics. He probably got paid the most to do like the title sequence on Spider-Man 2. He probably made, yeah, a lot more money doing that than he yeah. did, um, you know, uh, covers for X-Men or whatever. Right. So... Yeah, you know what? If you don't want to read a five-issue Spider-Man limited series, that's fine. And it. when this comes out, that Spider-Man life story and the symbiote Spider-Man are over, so there's room for another Spider-Man miniseries. I don't know that I will buy it. If I hear it's crap, I won't. Yeah, I'll check it out because uh, I'm reading all those other I might trade Spider-Man miniseries, and it's yeah. like, if it's great, I'll keep reading it. If it's not, I won't. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Everyone needs to fucking relax, okay? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and they've all There's been... real shit in the world to be upset about. There's goddamn concentration camps on the southern border. And we're fucking arguing about a Spider-Man yeah. book. Yes, we're the Nazis now. Yeah. You know, when we let Nazis... We lost the fucking threat here, people. Yeah, two years ago, we let Nazis run around and we had no problem with them. Right. And then now look what sudden, happens. Now we started concentration camps. That's kind of where it leads. Right. <laughs> Do you want ants? This is how you get ants. <laughs> uh, we're not a political show. <laughs> no, that's what we always say when we start ranting. Yeah. Um... But to get things back on track. Bring us back on track, John. Yes, there's some other... Um, there is... Uh, they just announced coming to uh, straight to video. They're doing Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Yeah, which uh, it's, it's kind of like... Um, I don't know how much time you spend on Instagram or the internet, but there's a lot of like, fuck these baby Muppet baby Titans. I want the mean Titans from the original cartoon. There's like a weird rivalry between yes. these two cartoons. And the creators of Teen Titans Go have been trolling these people yes, and I love for it. years. <laughs> so they did, they did an episode where people were complaining that they were too goofy. So they got all angsty and their chins got huge. Yeah. And they and it was like a Chris Claremont X-Men. They were they're like, nobody understands me or my powers. And they were just rubbing people's faces in it. And then there was another episode where they were forced to be serious and they became Victorian. Yeah. And they were like drinking tea. So they've always rubbed it in people's faces. Yeah. The end of Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which is hilarious, has a post-credit sequence where it shows the original Teen Titans saying, we figured out a way to come back. Yeah. Just to keep screwing yeah. with them. So they're finally doing it. So it's basically the sequel to Teen Titans Go to the Movies, but there was no way they were going to put it back in theaters. Yeah. I don't even know that Teen Titans Go to the Movies made money. Like, I, yeah, it's like enough. It had enough gas in the tank to make a movie. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like the Simpsons movie. You ain't gonna get another one. It's like the second SpongeBob movie. It's like yeah. I didn't even know there was a first. There, there are two SpongeBob that's movies. Wild. Yeah, I'm sure they like made their money back because when you watch those movies, they just look like longer episodes of the show. They yeah. didn't pour money no. into these things. Like the Teen Titans go to the movies. They paid for Will Arnett and Kristen Bell. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. 
Uh, but this actually has both teams coming together and they're like parallel universes and it looks like they're just trying to screw it. Yeah. And you know what? I Maybe I'm the wrong demographic and, you know, you're one generation behind me. So I was too old for Teen Titans. When it came out, I watched the first couple episodes. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't as smart as Justice League Unlimited. It's aimed a little lower. Yeah. Uh, I did the same thing with Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, this is fine. It's not for me. Right. And I did the exact same thing. I was the Batman. I eventually went back just because I'm obsessed with yeah, Batman. Batman. But they weren't talking to me at all. Right. Justice League Unlimited was, so I stuck with that. So I don't have a connection to that show. Yeah, and Teen not Titans at all. Go is my children's show. Yeah, they love it. They well, love everyone it. Everyone loves and it. And I I enjoy watching it with them, but I probably only seen half the episodes because I'm in the next room making lunch. Right. So I have no dog in this fight now but you were i mean this was 2003 when it came out so you would have been like high school right yeah i was watching just league i really was into justice league um and i tried teen titans and it i thought that show was too silly yeah and (laughs) you had no idea yeah (laughs) i had no idea what was to come so i i very quickly learned that i wasn't interested in whatever that teen titan show was Stopped watching, um, and uh, what hit me was uh, Young Justice, but I saw that when I was in like I was in my mid to late twenties. Yeah, and for some Netflix. reason, Young Justice never clicked. I watched every episode of that, yeah, and I have the DC app, so I'm I'm forcing myself to watch DC shows. I finished Doom Patrol. Get your money's worth before that app yeah. goes down. Yeah, which Doom Patrol was really interesting. I don't know that I'll start Swamp Thing, but I haven't had any urge to start Young Justice. Yeah. And I, I really like the show. We had we we have people that want to come on and yeah. talk about Young Justice, and I'm like, I don't know what to talk you about. Don't it. care about it? Yeah. I've, I've seen every episode. Yeah. The biggest compliment I can give to Young Justice was that it tied into some really good Justice League movies at that time. Like, we, oh, um, yeah. Ben and I just watched Justice League Doom again, which is based Justice on the League Mark Doom's great. the Mark Wade story, Tower of Babel. It's great, and I forgot. I'm like, oh, all the character designs are exactly what they are in Young Justice. So there was this idea that Justice League would be movies. And Young Justice would be a TV show and it would be one universe. Yeah. Then New 52 happened and wiped all that out. Right. But Young Justice was like... It's kind of like a... Not like a cult show, but it's definitely... it's There's something weird about the Teen Titans characters in general where they, they have this like groundswell of support where a show like Teen Titans Go can come back. And this young baby's version of the Teen Titans is like crazy successful. And Young Justice had all this pull behind it to come back years later on Netflix and kind of finish out the series. Right. I more so it was than supposed like, to be Netflix and then they moved it over to the DC right. app once they decided they were doing a DC app. And once app. that app goes, which it will, the, that all that stuff's going to end up somewhere else, probably on Netflix at some point. Well, just watch it the there. rumor is that Warner Brothers will replace it with a Warner Brothers app that'll yeah. also have Looney Tunes and Harry Potter and right. you know, they, they're do what Disney's uh, doing. Obviously looking at Disney. Yeah, they're yeah. not gonna separate their apps. Um so but so yeah, I, I never really cared for uh you know the young Teen Titans show. But it's interesting. I'm like it's like uh I like I like that these like Teen Titan babies people are trolling yeah the other the very serious like where's our serious show people. It's like that's great. Well I love that uh it's the same voice cast for both shows. Oh yeah, which is uh, got to be an interesting gig for them yeah. as voice talent to be like do two different versions of your character interacting and arguing with each other. Yes, yeah, which yeah, is awesome. so it's it, yeah, it basically they only shift the tone. Yeah, so I um both my boys said we're buying that right, and I went yeah. Yeah, I also I don't think I talked about this. I just bought Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Oh, yeah. It was great. I Yeah, well, this is... And unfortunately, I bought it two days before it went on sale, so I paid oh, yeah. double what I could have. Yeah. But uh, we had nothing to watch last week, and I was curious about it. And I, w- I thought it'd be just okay. Like, they did... Um, last year, they did Scooby-Doo, Batman, Brave and the Bold. And it was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I bought that and it was like mostly Scooby Doo, but it was it was kind of like a Batman Brave and the Bold reunion because yeah, that show's like about what you expect. That show's been off for like five years. So it was kind of fun just to see Diedrich Bader as Batman. They brought in everybody too, like Aquaman's in it, Blue Beetle, Detective Chimp. Like it wasn't just Batman. Yeah. But it was fun and like it was forgettable. It was kind of like the um the second Adam West Batman where William Shatner played Two Face. Yeah. It's like I like the idea of it, but not enough where I'm gonna be like, Oh, I'm gonna go take some time to go watch this. It's like Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna watch, watch it over and over again. again yeah. But Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was actually really good. Yeah. It had a style that was of itself, which I really appreciated. It didn't look like any show that either property had done. Right. Um, so it even the turtles didn't look like any of the which I think turtles. is probably the, you know, you can change Batman in animation. Uh, he's very malleable because there's been so much of it. Mm-hmm. The Turtles for me is so rooted in the animation that it's like, if you go too far off brand, I'm like, I'm kind of like, what what are you guys doing here? Like, the Turtles do have back? a sliding scale, though, between from serious to silly. Because yeah. like the 90s, no, the 80s, I'm sorry. Jeez, I'm old. Uh, the 80s. Ninja Turtles didn't look anything like the Nickelodeon show they did five years ago. Nickelodeon show was great. Ben That's was so really weird. into it, and I, I watched a lot of it. But again, I didn't watch everything because uh, it was his show, and I had things to do. Yeah. You're an adult. Um, you got David Tennant, yeah, David Tennant showed up in like season three. It was really well done. It was CG animation, but it felt really organic. Um, and that was a little more serious. Like it wasn't as goofy. Yeah, but it was still had a light sensibility to it. And this one's a little. Little even more serious. There were a couple of scenes where we were shocked by the violence of it. Oh wow! Like like some ninjas like get outright murdered in it. Yeah. Like people get shot in the head, and we're like, oh, weren't expecting that. Yeah. Um. But but it was really fun. It's based on the comics that they did a few years ago, and the comics have all worked. Yeah. So the action was a lot stronger. I thought the story held together. They used everybody. It's like Shredder. Uh, Shredder's the main villain in it. And then they pretty much use everybody in Arkham Asylum. Like Rachel Ghoul is in it, and Joker's in it, and Harley's in it, and Two Face and Penguin. And then they start experimenting with the ooze. So, yeah. um, not really a spoiler, but like all of the villains start to turn into animals. Yeah, well, that's and what they it, get for calling themselves Penguin. And, yeah, and you know. the designs are fantastic. Yeah, uh, but it was really, really fun, and it's. I noticed that the stuff that's not branded DC animated movies like just slips under the radar. Like I've heard way more about the Batman Hush movie, which I'm interested in seeing. I watched that trailer again and I was less harsh on it. Yeah. It looked a little more Jim Lee when I looked at it again. It wasn't entirely that new 52 style, but it wasn't Jim Lee enough. Yeah. Not um, but you know, I'm seeing trailers for that and I'm seeing stories about that. Something like Batman Ninja Turtles just comes out. Right. And it's really good. Yeah. Well, it's a crazy because the they did the comic crossover like a couple years ago. Yeah. They did a Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they've done at least three. They might have done four. They did a Batman animated series one. I think there's three because I think there's two main comic ones yeah. and then there was an animated series version. Right. And it's I bought like, the first one. The first one was a good book. Yeah. And it's it's part of this like kind of longer partnership. I think it's IDW has been doing with DC where it's like, Take two different properties and have them cross over. They did like a Green Lantern, Planet of the Apes. They Green did Lantern, Green Lantern, Star, Star Trek. Trek, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and it's like that kind they of did stuff. They did a Star Trek Planet of the Apes themselves, which was called the Primal Directive. Yeah, which is just brilliant. They did a Star Trek Doctor Who that was really, really fun. Yeah, and I think that was, was really good because they did multiple doctors. Yes. They lined it up with Most of the like story the was uh, Matt Smith and Star Trek The Next Generation, but there yeah. was a flashback issue that was Tom Baker and the original series. Which is cool. It was really fun. Yeah. So I I think that kind of stuff is, uh, it's fun. Um, it's it's just nice to hear when it kind of yeah and, is well received. And at this point, Batman's teamed up with everybody. everybody. Yeah, there um there are some really fun ones. I mean, I became a Spawn reader because they did a Batman Spawn that Frank Miller wrote and Tom McFarlane drew. Sounds like a nightmare book. Um, it makes no sense, but of it's it fun. <laughs> but I, you know, I was like nineteen. Yeah, bought that book because I bought everything Batman, and then I was like, oh, and I was a Todd McFarlane fan on Spider Man. And then I just started buying Spawn, and that yeah, and that you bought all these fucking hardcovers. I know Spawn, you got crazy. Spawn is like Led Zeppelin to me. Like I get into it for about three months, I burn it out, yeah, and then about ten years later, ten years later, I just kind of come back to it for another yeah, three you months. gotta get through it. I don't know why. Two years ago, I was in Kentucky for business, and I was in the middle of nowhere. There was one comic book store. So I went there every day, yeah. And I wanted to buy something, and right. they didn't have anything I needed. So I bought Volume One just to kind of have a nostalgic trip on the plane back. And then uh, I hit the Capullo stuff, and I'm a big, Cap- yeah. I'm a bigger Capullo fan now. Well, because of Batman. Because of Batman, but yeah. I was a Capullo fan then, even back to X Force, and I just started buying all the hardcovers because of his art. Not, not because of his Quasar work. I've never read his Quasar. <laughs> I've never read any Quasar. I've read some of his Quasar because it's in. Oh, fuck. Galactic Storm? N- uh, yes, which is a great story. But it's also, it's pretty cool. There's an epic it's collection like, of them. Yeah, it's, I like it. <laughs> it's not great. It's no Kree Scroll War, but it's interesting. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of it in some other omnibus I was reading. Like the Thanos, remember. maybe? No, because that, that's way earlier. I, th- I want to say it's like Acts of Vengeance or something oh, insane. Oh, my. Yeah, which isn't great. Yeah, those but, are omnibuses I didn't buy. Yeah. They're not all winners. Atlantis Attacks. That one I didn't buy, and I skipped Evolutionary, <laughs> the Evolutionary War, War yeah. as well. And at one point, we had it at the shop. Uh, I think the cover price for that was like 75 bucks. It was already cheaper. And I think at one point, we had a sale. It was like, we were trying to give it away for like $20. And I, I could have just walked out with it. I could have just been like, I'm just going to take this home. Yeah, and and I was just like, no. <laughs> I just, I don't care about whatever annual crossover bullshit these idiots are running. Yeah, there was there was a period where all the crossovers were annuals and none of them were worth reading. Yeah, mm. it's just like they couldn't, uh, it's not a great idea. And they do it every once in a while. Like there's actually a pretty good, it's not great, but it's pretty good. Alan Davis did um, three annuals one year for Marvel. It was like Doctor Strange, I think Wolverine, and then, I don't know, some other book. Spider-Man. Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, they crossed over. And it was like a three-issue crossover. They all kind of dealt with the same threat, and it was all in an annual. And that kind of stuff's always fun. And it was, I think, using those characters he came up with in the Captain Britain book, the clandestine or something. Oh, like yeah, this. they it's had like their own book for really a while. Really trippy. I think like the, he used the them book, in Excalibur, too. Yeah, because it's like they're his characters. Yeah. I think uh, they got a miniseries after that crossover. Like, that crossover set up a miniseries. That's usually and what... And Alan Davis is a... Yeah, that's usually what happens, treasure. like... Any any artist or writer that creates characters in another book, they always figure out a way to put them in whatever. Yeah, book they want to use them again. That's yeah. what shocked me about Alpha Flight when I found out John Byrne didn't like them. Right, it's like you created these guys, bro. You created <laughs> these guys, and then you did the book for three years. Yeah, he's just like, I hate these Canadian superheroes. Yeah, John Byrne is the crankiest Canadian you can find. Yeah, he's a swell man, though. You know, so far as we know, the greatest thing in the world. 
This week. Um, so I ordered a the most boring playset in the world, but it's the coolest thing I bought for my action figures in years. Aside from the action figures themselves. Um, it's up there with some of the action figures themselves. So the last few weeks, I've been getting more and more expensive six-inch figures, and we've been talking about that for a while. The Mezco 112s are amazing, and they cost the price of four Marvel Legends. Yeah. And then I uh, got a Mafex Spider-Man, which Metacom makes in Japan, which was very expensive, but just the perfect McFarlane Spider-Man. This week, they just announced a Jim Lee Batman that is as nice as the McFarlane Spider-Man. I just showed you the pictures of it before we started recording. Yeah, And um, I know this about myself. There is no limit to my action figure collecting. I don't care yep. how much it costs. If they make nice shit, you're going to get it. Yeah, I, you know, I can talk myself out of an omnibus. Um, I gave up DVDs a long time ago. I can quit buying monthlies. But man, you can get... You, I don't care how many hundreds of dollars you charge me. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. So I realized I had this collection of very, very nice figures that were much nicer than my Marvel Legends. And... um because now from Mezco, just by itself, I have Batman, Iron Man, Spider-Man, uh, Catwoman, uh, Ash, Frankenstein. They don't really go together. And I was like, well, how can I set these guys off and put them on display? And I noticed Nika, who I believe you're supposed to pronounce N-E-C-A, but I don't want to. Yeah, it's their fault. I, yeah. No, <laughs> don't, no one's going to say N-E-C-A. Yeah. It's too um, long. It's Nika. Last year... Uh, they they made these Ninja Turtle figures. They did uh, the original comic, which I bought 10 years ago at New York Comic Con, and those went through the roof. And then they've been doing the first movie, and they've been doing the animated series. So they do these really high-end Ninja Turtles that uh, Ninja Turtle fans will pay anything for. So to complement this, at San Diego last year, they created a display set that's uh, an apartment building, or like it's just a city building. It actually yeah. looks more like a warehouse. Um to display the figures on. So they did a Ninja Turtle one and had like graffiti of the turtles and stuff on it. It did really well. So then they re-released it about six months ago as the Nika, and I'm saying Nika again, Nika Street Scene Diorama. And I've been looking at this thing for a while and it's a three-tiered stand. It's pretty big. It's pretty big. It's about 18 inches tall because it fits six, seven inches of figures, but it's two stories the second story is set back, so you can put everybody basically like on a balcony. And then you can put people on the roof. It also comes with a cardboard backing of a cityscape, but that made it so big I couldn't even fit it on. Oh, that's not in there. I have this on two shelves. I yeah. removed a shelf to get it in here. Uh, but it was so beautifully done for a simple set that that it's the greatest thing I own. The one thing about – I've always loved play sets. When I was a kid growing up with, um, with the very tail end of Mego and then the beginning of Star Wars and then into G.I. Joe, uh, I adored play sets. And play sets were the crown jewel of any collection back then in a year. The, the story is that Kenner made the Star Wars figures so small so that they could design spaceships and play sets yeah. that they could go in. So they went like half the size of Migos, ran Migo right out of business doing it. And those are the things I always look forward to. When I grew up, I had these shells in my room and they had the Creature Cantina and Dagobah and the Death Star and Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. And the figures just went from one to another and it created this whole environment. Yeah. I mean, the ships were cool and everything, but 
to have like an actual home was huge for me. Yeah. G.I. Joe did some of it and I was older then, so I didn't get that much. There was a G.I. Joe base I never got. Though uh, I always wanted the Terradrome. Did you ever see the Terradrome? Uh, it's from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, it's from G.I. Joe. It was oh. a Cobra base that was like a whole circle. No. And each part of the circle like opened up and had labs in it. And then the middle of it had a dome where you where you pulled a lever and the dome split open and a plane came out. Oh, that's cool. And by the time it came out, I think I was like freshman year in high school. And I was yeah, like, yeah, I can't get that. Uh, but then later in high school, the Tim Burton Batman movie came out and I was like, I'm getting every Batcave. Where's bat cave. the Batcave? <laughs> I, ha- I must have like five or six Batcaves. Yeah. But the one thing I always wanted was just regular New York City buildings because that's where everything happens. Right. So that's where all the fights happen. And as a kid, when I was 12 and I was getting Secret Wars and Superpowers, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if they made a rooftop? And then inside it was like Peter Parker's apartment, but then outside it would have action figures, that features that blew up. And they never did it. And the Teenage Ninja Turtles did a sewer set with yeah. a street on top. Uh, we didn't have that as kids, but our neighbor had. And it was like, I, I don't know that I've ever been more envious of a, of a, uh, a friend <laughs> than this neighbor who had that turtle sewer. It was, it was huge. It was, was it? crazy. I never saw it. I think I might have seen it in a store yeah. once. But I always thought about getting it because I was like, well, I could make that a Gotham City street. I could put Killer Croc in the sewers. Yeah. I just never got around to getting it. Uh, what... Then, this is uh, one of the greatest play sets ever, is they made the Ghostbusters Firehouse. Yeah, that's, yeah, hands down. And I kept thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, and never got it. Uh, this was also in high school where I kept telling myself, I gotta stop buying action yeah. figures. You didn't know what you, what was gonna happen to you later, you know? No, and this was the late 80s when action figures had pretty much dried up. Yeah. Like, G.I. Joe and Transformers had gotten way over the top into this ludicrous situation there were real Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice. They were like comedy figures. They were yeah. goofy. And we were a couple of years away from Toy Biz, really, uh, first of all, bringing back Batman and then moving over to Marvel. And by that point, I'm in college. And then I just started collecting them because they had never made a Colossus when I was everybody. a kid. They had never made a Mr. Sinister. And now uh, it's 25 years later. And I pre-ordered. A thousand action figures later. Yep. Jesus. I pre-ordered the next Far From Home yeah. set. But when eBay first started, I bought the Ghostbusters Firehouse for $1. Oh, wow. And uh, it's still in the playroom now. And that became the center of my display space when uh, when I first moved in with my wife. I, did, uh, I had it in my office, and it was this really generic thing where anything like five inches worked perfectly. Yeah. So I had all the Kenner Batman the Animated Series on it, and they looked perfect. And then Marvel Legends started, and I had the whole Marvel Universe on this building. Now it got to a point where it was just way too big. Yeah. So I still you have to the... probably bury that building in Marvel Legends now. <laughs> yes. That's how many Marvel Legends there are. You wouldn't be able to see the building. Right. Yeah. This is a mountain of But plastic. it was cool because it had an inside and an outside. So you could you could put like Spider-Man on the brick wall. You could put Green Goblin on the rooftop. But then you could put like the Fantastic Four inside in a lab. And toy companies haven't really wanted to do that because they're not visually cool looking. Like yeah. they'll make the Batcave. You know, they'll make. Uh, well, actually, Star Wars doesn't really make playsets anymore. They just make ships. Yeah, they're doing I mean, the ships. Uh, I, I there think was a beautiful like, Millennium Falcon. Those ships are really cool, and I think we might get to some point where they're going to be like, all right, let's do Jabba's Palace or something. You Maybe. Know what I mean? it's like- they didn't do a small Jabba's Palace that was like, it has uh, a wall to fit Jabba, and then it has another wall to put Han and Carbonite. Yeah. That actually just came out. And it's for the smaller figures. Um, the last thing I really remember was Attack of the Clones had like the arena playset. 
Oh, that's cool. And then they re-released it for G.I. Joe because yeah, Hasbro owned both. it different. They made it a Cobra base, but the funny thing was it still had sculpts of like battle droids on the floor. Yeah. They're robots. Yeah. Co- Cobra They're cobrots. Cobrots. <laughs> so, uh, so Nika just did this thing that scaled for six, seven inch figures and it's only to display your figures. There's no action features in it. There's an inside to it, so you can kind of put guys looking through the windows, but there's nothing inside. Uh, but it's perfect. It's Everything about it is just right. There's four spaces on each story where you can put windows or you can put a door. I actually popped out a couple where there's just a hole and it looks like somebody broke through a brick wall. Yeah. And then you have a doorway where you can look inside. And it has uh, like a drain gutter and it has like these bricks. It has like an air conditioner you can stick on a wall uh, but everything about it is just right. And the thing that really impresses me about it is the color. The color is realistic. It's like this, you know, this red brick color, but it's just the right tone to make your figures pop against it where you can see everybody really clearly. And it made me realize that I just had them on a shelf on a brown, like wooden shelf. Yeah. And the light kind of sucks it in. It's dark. Yeah, so you kind of had to lean in to see guys that were in the back. First of all, now nobody's in the back because it's a tiered yeah. system. But the the light about it doesn't distract from them. It looks realistic. Uh, but you can see everybody clearly. Like, right now I have Batman and all the villains on it. And within a glance, you can see there's Mad Hatter, there's Professor Pig, there's Bane, there's Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. And it's also um, stylistically neutral. Yeah, well, it's a generic enough to where you could easily pull out all the Batman guys, put in a bunch of Spider-Man guys, and it's like, yep, that works. Yeah, any superheroes you know? would work. Right. I mean, Star Wars won't work. Right, Because yeah, it's, it's like, a brick building. What are you doing with, there's no bricks in Star Wars? <laughs> yes, Chewbacca doesn't hang out in, <laughs> right, in, yeah. in front of a brick building. But uh, for anything else, and that's mostly what I collect is superheroes. And what's nice about it is I put the Mezcos like front and center. I, I was... Am I able to have this mix where I have the Batman the Animated Series Bat Signal, the Greg Capullo Commissioner Gordon, yeah. the Mattel Robin, and the Mezco Batman, but all together, it just looks like Gotham City. Yeah. And that's what I want. I don't have a lot of space in the office to show off six in figures. I realize that there's a magic number of 30. When you get more than 30 acting figures on a shelf, it just looks like a pile of plastic. Yeah, yeah, it's like there there is a limit to just how much, which is why it's kind of nice. It's like this rotating display of like it was X-Men two weeks ago, and now it's Batman. It's like yeah, and Spider-Man I have, in a week because that fucking movie will come out and get in your head. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I have these bin drawers, you know, those plastic things you find at Target that are like three drawers deep yeah. that are clear. That's where they all they're all stored. And just whatever I'm into, I can rotate. And what's nice is that this building... The street scene is the perfect backdrop for any of them. Yeah, they all kind of work there. Yeah, so if you're if you're a action figure collector like me, no matter what line you're into, if you need a display space, and I think I was looking because uh, you know uh, both you and my buddy Ken have kind of started this like Marvel Legends. Thing oh, I'm strong arming you into you Marvel are. Legends. But Ken's actively like, here, here you go. Have a Black Knight. Have a Hawkeye. I keep giving you, know? you ones you're rejecting because well, they're yeah, old. I, I got to get the right ones. You know, I got to be, got to control it somehow. But I was on the Big Bad Toy Store website. and Which they, is exactly where I bought this, by the yes, way. Yes. And I think that's what I saw. I didn't know if I saw this, but they do have a lot of different, like, play sets. Just, like, cool little backdrops yeah. for figures to where you can kind of poke around and see what they've got to kind of find what you think is right for whatever you're uh, collecting, you know? 
Uh, so we talk about this a lot. I have mentioned it before, and I recently uh, they had a sale, so I jumped on it because I, uh, you know, I've impulse control problems. But I only had the first volume of Saga, the Brian K. Vaughn oh, yeah. book, and volume three came out, and I never got volume two, so I was like, okay, fuck. Let me just. Now, get- had you read it? Uh, I've read to where you're reading the monthly. Yeah. I'm reading it monthly, but it's like they take three month hiatus. And then I think I'm behind a bit. So it's been a while. So I was like, I want to get volume two and three and then start rereading from the beginning because it, it's been so long. There's probably yeah. a lot of details I've missed. And I'm about a third of the way through volume one. And it's like, uh, I, I remember this series like falling off a bit. Like I kind of like lost interest, which is probably why I missed some issues. But it started off so strongly that I'm I'm very interested to kind of see if it reads better in this like longer as this like longer tale or whatever mm-hmm. versus these like monthly books and stuff. Right. And some things don't read well monthly. Yeah, and I, I mean, think I have a, a sneaking suspicion Vaughn might be one of those guys where he just kind of reads longer as like a yeah, bigger. Well, yeah, I mean Grant Morrison down. is probably the best example of that. Yeah, I, and I, Brian Azzarello is very much like that. Yeah, I'm reading uh, his Batman run now. I finished his Doom Patrol, and I'm getting into more of a Batman mood. So I was like, well, I'll just combine them. And yeah, I'm now in Batman and Robin, and the when you read the whole thing, it. Because it, it is one big story. Yeah, it yeah. fits together really well. Whereas monthly, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking I know, about. Yeah, that's dude. why I can't read his Green Lantern yet because it's like I don't, I, am, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm officially trade waiting for his yeah, Green definitely, Lantern, and I'm going to read it. Yeah, um, but at least with Saga, whether or not the story holds up, the um, the the artwork that Fiona Staples does, the character design, like everything about this like world is so. Um, uh, kind of standing on its own as its own like creation that I'm I'm like uh, really really digging it and the guy just puts a lot into a book with character development that you just cannot get in Spider-Man or the Avengers or X-Men or Batman or Superman or whatever this it's like because they're his characters because yeah it's like the freedom to just kind of do whatever you want it's like there's always going to be a place for creator owned indie books because there's a freedom you're going to get that you're never going to get on Spider-Man now there's obviously the benefit of like the history that goes with Spider-Man and all these other characters that you can just keep building on which is really cool but um just really kind of digging this like indie book that doesn't have to answer to like corporate masters can kind of do whatever it wants and go wherever it needs to go and just tell this like really, really cool story with these like great characters that you can kind of follow where there's like, you know, Brian K. Vaughn particularly is like, isn't shy about killing characters off. And it's like, I never, you know, they're doing this story in Spider-Man right now where it's like, Spider-Man's like, oh no, I saw this vision of something terrible happening to Mary Jane. I'm not worried at all. (laughs) There's like, there's nothing. Mary Jane's going to survive She'll be fine. And if they kill her, she'll come back. It's like the um, mainstream superhero books have lost the ability to surprise uh, the the reader with the death of a character. It's just, it's not going to hold. I'm at the point now where I forget characters are dead. Yeah. And I actually think we, we would probably be shocked if we went down the list of Marvel characters and put characters who have died in one column and characters who have, haven't died in another column, we would be astonished at how many characters have died in We back. talked about this on a podcast and maybe a couple of years ago, but I remember we could not come up with a major character from either Marvel or DC that had not been dead. And come back. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're obviously going to come back just to keep the trademark alive. Sure. But we couldn't... We couldn't do it. We couldn't come up with a well-known superhero that hadn't died. Yeah. 
and it, you know, it's just, uh, that's just terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just because it just, it just, it really does kind of fuck the stakes in these books when you can't, uh, you're not worried about whether or not the character's gonna die. You know, it's like the stories then have to do something else to keep your interest, and that's a much harder thing so, to do. So, uh, as part of the Grant Morrison Batman run, I reread Final Crisis, yeah. and that opens with Martian Manhunter getting murdered, which, of course, he's around now. Right. But at the funeral, at the funeral, Superman's giving the eulogy. He's like, we'll all miss Martian Manhunter and we'll all pray he's resurrected soon. Oh, my God. So, like, even Grant Morrison's like, yeah, they don't stay dead. Right. It's more of a commentary, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, if you've never checked it out, uh, at least those, uh, the first hardcover, I think, is the first three trades or maybe the first four trades. Um a solid awesome stuff and i do like that they take the three-month hiatus every year to keep the creative team intact i don't want somebody else to come in and write it or somebody else to come in and draw it i'm with this to pretty much the end uh just to kind of see where every all these characters like end up um yeah so. i um i've only read the first 12 issues so i'd like to borrow those yeah absolutely well, if you'd like to tell us what you're into right now, there are ways to get in touch with us. You can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram. I am at Not In My Book, and that is the official Caffeinated Comics social media feed. Uh, if you want to listen to the show... Oh, yeah, you can do that at uh, Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher are all the main, uh, what do you call it, platforms you can find us on. Um, we are also part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, we're under the Lifestyle tab. You can find that at radiomisfits.com. Yes. And also our Facebook page, which uh, shows all the news. It shows so much news that when we're not sure what happened in the week. We reference our own Facebook to figure out what the fuck to talk about in Slow News Weeks. Yeah, it's like, what we well, did what, this morning. What did we repost in the last five days? Yeah. So that's where you can uh, keep on top of the geek news that we're keeping on top of. And that's facebook.com slash comics. And we will talk to you next week, which will absolutely be Spider-Man Far yes, From Home. Absolutely.